Smackdown, January 20th, 2023. You're listening to the Cream of the Crop Wrestling Podcast, the podcast that is saddened by the loss of Jay Briscoe. Our hearts go out to his family, his friends, his fans, his wife, and his brother Mark, and most importantly, his children. Thoughts and prayers are with the Pew family. If you'd like to donate and help Jay's family, there is a Give, Send, Go set up for them. The link will be at the top in the description below. In memory of Jay, reach for the sky because we are dim boys of this program. I'm Patrick. And I'm Rob. And we'd like you all to embrace the kingdom of the madness by be sure to like, share, and subscribe. Uh, Pat, fantastic uh, homage there in the morning, uh, in the beginning there. Um, Kevin Owens himself had the band on for the tonight. So not the, not our most exciting week of wrestling just due to that uh, unfortunate tragedy, but um it is show business so the show goes on and we do honor uh the briscoe brothers and jay and his family um our well wishes are to you uh during this difficult time rob never tells me the word of the night and i never tell him what the joke's going to be in the beginning of the show and a joke did not feel right tonight and uh i've been having a hard time with this as just as a fan so i can only imagine the pain for his family but if you could give us one word of the Night, Rob. What would it be? Uh, tonight, again, another phrase, but tonight is fight Owens fight. Oh, man. Gearing up for one week away from the Royal Rumble. He's dead set on getting Roman away from that title, and he did not care tonight, did he? Oh, not a single. Uh, he made every single member of the bloodline, except one, feel his wrath. Well, let's dive right into the show because Friday Night Smackdown started with the bloodline arriving in the parking lot. Sami Zayn was pretty amped up for the night. Roman Reigns has a big contract signing with Kevin Owens for the Rumble matchup. As they get out of the car, Sami is dapping it up with the Usos, but he went to give the Tribal Chief a fist bump, and Roman Reigns kind of shrugged him off. And if you could excuse the expression, Rob, I didn't acknowledge him here. What do you have to say? Hey, man, they just build this all night. Like the, so we, we'll, we'll talk about them a little bit later, but it was segment after segment, and it's just building the anticipation that we've been having for weeks now on when is Roman going to finally just break our hearts by, by breaking Sammy's heart and kicking him out of the bloodline. And tonight, they just they really got you because they, they, they planted seeds starting here, and they'll do it later, we'll talk about, but they planted seeds all night that it's happening tonight that Roman is going to finally make it happen tonight. And it just, it puts you on pins and needles. Like it, it, it is really just, this is going to be really heart wrenching when it happens. It's, it sucks because you know, it's going to happen, but it's so like, I'm going to gasp. And so tonight they, they did a great job of just planting even more seeds, more doubt. And this was, this was a great way. 
Well, let's talk about our first match of the night. We have a series of matchups. That's for the SmackDown Tag Team Titles. It's a tournament, Rob. And it's the Tag Team Contenders Tournament. And first up is Drew McIntyre and Sheamus versus Eric and Ivar the Viking Raiders. This is the first of three rounds in the Contenders Tournament. Valhalla was at ringside, and this was a great match. I'll give this a thumbs up. McIntyre and Sheamus beating the Viking Raiders after they hit the Claymore and the Bro Kick in tandem. Eric and Ivar had a good match. Just this team of Drew and Sheamus is going to be a force in this SmackDown Contenders Tournament. What do you have to say about this, Rob? This was a wonderful uh, first really big showing for the Viking Raiders. They've kind of been stuck in these really not-so-great matches when it comes to Legato Del Fantasma and also uh, Hit Row. This here was showing the fans what they could do, giving them the time, which made me so happy. I, I know like that was the one thing I talked about last week. Is like If they give these two teams 15-ish minutes, 20-ish minutes, they're going to put together a spectacular match, and they did that. These were just four beefy men beating the holy hell out of each other, and every single one of it, this felt like a real viking raiders match or war you know this felt more new japan war raiders and you know this really called back to them and it really got a chance to showcase the moves that they haven't gotten a chance to do yet on the main roster so i was this was a I'm, thumbs up for me match wise uh the right people did go over i mean it, pending something happening all roads lead to sheamus and mcintyre getting a, a rematch against the usos the way the tournament is set up except for maybe one team which we'll talk about later but that's just kind of where it's going right now and so uh but other otherwise i thought we know where sheamus and mcintyre is they could have lost and nothing would have happened here this match even in the loss put the viking raiders up a pedestal from where they were in the eyes of a lot of just uh, i would say just the wwe fans i have another question for you rob what do you think about you know, Sheamus and Drew McIntyre being in this contenders tournament, along with the Brawling Brutes. It was interesting. Like Ridge, I, I, Ridge and Butch are both, you, you know, they're as the Brutes in this tournament. We don't have a name for uh, Drew and Sheamus yet, I think, but... I think they're kind of calling themselves the Banger Brothers, which they shouldn't, but... Uh, <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> they shouldn't, but I think they are. I think it would have been fun. Like, I mean, we'll talk about results later. I, those two, that match together would have been just really, really good to watch. I think it would have turned out more of like a um, not anyone going against another one. It's more of a, hey, we're in this match together. Handshake, beat the hell out of each other. Whoever wins afterwards, hug and handshake. I think that's how it would have ended up going down. So to me, it wasn't really a, a big storyline. They didn't bring it up too like it was a big storyline. I just thought it was, you know, just two big two good teams uh Sheamus and McIntyre I don't know if they're going to be like a long-term team or this is just kind of a short term let's put them together for a bit uh but yeah no that that's an I genuinely didn't even think about that storyline until you brought it up so but moving on we go to Roman Reigns's locker room and Sammy is wanting to talk to the head of the table Sammy sits down and mentions Roman being frosty earlier and Reigns tells him to cut to the chase because he's seen how he reacted last week when the Usos decided to get involved in Sammy and Kevin Owens' match. Sammy admits he was pretty disappointed. He took a lot of pride being sent on a mission by the Tribal Chief. He didn't know that the Usos were going to attack and show up. He didn't know what the game plan was. And then he mentions Kevin Owens telling him he thinks he's, going, he's being used. And that's when Roman stops him and tells him to get out. He doesn't want to hear it. Why does the Tribal Chief have to run his game plan by the honorary Us? And he tells him to get out and maybe go find KO and get his own bloodline. What do you think, Rob? Again, I bring this up week in and week out. This is a atypical, abusive, 
head of the table, abusive husband, boyfriend, girlfriend, wife, whatever, that is in complete control of another human being. And when that other human being brings up valid points, which Sammy did, just like, hey, I was in the match. So if that was the plan, like, why didn't you like fill me in? So I kind of knew he didn't say he was mad about it. He just wanted to be filled in. And Roman just immediately, just angrily, why do I have to tell you? I'm head of the table. I'm above you. Why do I have to tell you? And it's just more of instilling fear and trying to manipulate Sammy. And the more this happens and the more the weeks go by, you can just see the disappointment in Sammy's face as he's getting in these, in the eyes of, you know, our viewers abused by his tribal chief and his leader. Raquel Rodriguez cut a backstage promo talking about how she's excited for her first Royal Rumble in her home state of Texas. Rob, I think she's, a good continued win the match. What do you think? She's on the she's on the short list, that's for sure. I actually can see her. Uh, I'm gonna go way back here on this one. She is going to to me be the two or the 1994 diesel spot where come in early, completely dominate the early half, and then maybe be near the end, but it's gonna end up being put out by some of the favorites. But she, to me, she is on the short list of five people that should win this rumble. Can I talk about the promos for a second? I really hope Triple H brings back. Um, this is nostalgia me. In like the first six rumbles, they would do like back to back to back to back promos in this very undisclosed area where it's your very standard like, you know, every man for themselves, whoever's in my way, I don't care. I'm going to throw them out. That kind of thing. That was a very Tito Santana promo. I hope they do that this year. I hope Triple H, he likes his nostalgia. I hope they kind of bring that back where before the rumble match, they do these back to back to back to back where each person gets like 15 seconds and just that's it. I kind of hope they bring that back. Well, I know we have Megan Morant and Kayla Braxton on SmackDown, but what I'd like to see is someone, if Byron Saxton fits the role, I want to see more interviews like a Mean Gene interview. Oh, so someone that like can be identified as like an actual personality on screen? Absolutely. And Saxton, I think, fits the role perfectly. You know, we'll never get someone like Mean Gene, but I just love those style of promos that we get. And like, and I love the backstage segment or promos that we're getting too, where it's just directly at the camera they're straight to the point it gets it gets everything i mean this makes the makes it much smoother i think and breaks it up from always getting an interview that where someone attacks from behind and stuff like that i don't like seeing that all the time well next la knight comes down to the ring for a match but he cuts a promo before telling somebody to help bray wyatt figure out what the hell is going on one week he's he's not uncle howdy then the next week he is uncle howdy he then cuts another classic la knight promo and we get the first, we get another match where it's LA Knight versus Greg Jones, a local talent. And this is a squash type match. LA Knight wins quickly after the BFT for the pin because during the match there was a Bray Wyatt logo that kept flashing. So it made him pretty nervous. But wait, there's more because children everywhere can rejoice. The Firefly Funhouse is being renovated, Rob. That's right. We got a classic Firefly Funhouse video, and it showed Bray Wyatt along with his revived puppet friends. And he was making repairs to the Funhouse. And Rambling Rabbit tells Bray that L.A. Knight seems pretty cool. He's like the Miz, but with muscles. But he's worried about the pitch black match because he's scared of the dark. And then Bray tells Rambling Rabbit that it's perfectly natural to be afraid of the dark. Because that's where the things that hide under your bed that like to eat you are. So you should be afraid of the dark. And then Uncle Howdy flashes on the television screen in the funhouse saying, told you so. All you needed was a little push. And then it cuts to Wyatt looking directly at the camera. And he says, hope you're satisfied. 
and you understand because you opened the door and whatever comes through is your problem. What do you think about this pitch black match? This Mountain Dew pitch black match Please. at the Royal Rumble, <laughs> Rob? Now. Please get the promotion correct, yes. Uh, I am just perplexed. So Bray Wyatt's always been a better character than he has been a wrestler. So I'm the match-wise, whatever happens, happens. I'm not really focused on that. I'm not going to like be like, man, I hope this is a you know Tokyo Dome classic we're going to get. No, that's not going to happen. But I have not been more intrigued about what could happen in a match in a long time because we don't know what kind of Bray we're getting because Uncle Howdy said the door's been open, and Bray's even just said himself that you did this, so, you know. Whatever happens, happens. It's on your hands, not mine. You brought me back. So I'm curious on what Bray we're going to get. Are we going to get Firefly Funhouse here? Are we going to get Cult Leader Bray? Because we've seen... We're going to get the Fiend. Every vari- Are we going to get the Fiend Bray? Yes, we've seen every variety or been alluded to every variety this past month and a half, two months. So the curiosity of what actually is going to happen on this is just... You have me. Like, you You have every ounce of me who is going to be glued to the television just to see what happens. Like, just to know, what kind of Bray Wyatt are we getting? Well, let's move on to our next match because it's Hit Row, Top Dollar and Ashante the Adonis versus Los Lotharios, Angel and Humberto. This was a solid match that had featured Hit Row's heel side by winning thanks to B-Fab grabbing Humberto's foot for Ashante to roll him up from behind, Rob. This match, I give, I give it a thumbs up. I hate Hit Row, and I mean, that's what's supposed to happen, right? I I'm so mad at you right now for saying thumbs yeah. up for this. This is a terrible match. This was, all of this is awful. All of this was awful. We have a combination of a Los Lotharios who are two great workers. That's what I'm saying. That's it wasn't just because Hit Row won. I mean, especially Los Lotharios looked solid in this match. I'd like to see them a lot more. Well, that's I would love to see them more. I think they're both fantastic. Hans, handsome devils too, man. Handsome <laughs> human beings, man. Uh, but no, I a cheap roll up, but B man. Top dollar. I don't, I want to get away from the thing everyone wants to make fun of. I do not care about the the dive that failed anymore. Just him walking around is so slow, and it's very reminiscent of just like late '80s Andre the Giant in the ring, where it just looks like he can barely move, looks like he can barely do anything, and I just it's hard to watch. And nothing about it intrigues me. I don't care that they're heels now. I still it's not it is not that they were bad baby faces it's not that they're bad heels they're just not someone on my television screen that i'm like you interest me and so that's yeah so all of this is a thumbs down i'm going to complain and argue about it. i know we don't like to do that here but i'm gonna ugh, it was awful i'll say one nice thing i'll say one nice thing okay the chop top dollar gave to i think it was angel no Carrillo near the uh, announcer table and then him yelling at Michael Cole. That's it. That That's all I got. That's the only nice thing. Well, let's move on. Braun Strowman cut a promo backstage saying anyone in the Royal Rumble match that gets in his way is going to get these hands. What do you think about him bringing back his old slogan, Rob? Why not, right? Uh, I actually encourage people to go back. Uh, if you kind of want to see the transformation, I actually just rewatched the 2016 Royal Rumble earlier today. Go back and see that and see the transformation he's made and say, dude, good for you. Well, next up, the SmackDown Women's Champion Charlotte Flair came down to the ring and provoked Sonya Deville to come out. And we get a back-and-forth promo between the two, Charlotte refusing to give Sonya the match because she's already beat her, and Sonya trying to bully her way into another championship opportunity. Adam Pearce came out, but then Sonya hit Charlotte from behind and left. What do you think about Sonya maybe getting her match at the Rumble? Maybe getting her match before the Rumble? What do you think? 
So we're big Sonya stands here on this podcast, but even I'm actually, I agree with Charlotte in this situation. You had a match. I beat you back of the line. Uh, but Sonya is doing exactly what I would do in this situation. If my person says no, piss them off enough to where they're going <laughs> to, you know, be like, fine. You know what? I do challenge you. I think we are going to get end up getting a match. I mean, Charlotte Flair is back. It's really hard to not put her on a big pay-per-view like the Royal Rumble. So I do think the match is going to end up existing else. I don't, I don't really see the point of all of this then to be honest with you. So that kind of throws me off. So I think it will end up happening. Adam Pierce is going to probably offer her some deal or Charlotte is going to just be the one to end up challenging. Especially, I think Charlotte should challenge because if she is going to be the quote unquote baby face, that would make her as a fighting champion, really like an over the top baby face that the crowd can be like, yeah, she's a fighting champion for us. So possibly a deal like you can get your championship match, but you don't get to be in the rumble. Perfect. I mean, I can't think of a better scenario on that one. That's a that's a great scenario. Or Charlotte will put her in some sort of match. They'll put her in some sort of match next week on SmackDown that says you have to do this. You know, you have to do X, Y, and Z, and we'll give you that match or, you know, whatever happens. So we just want to take the time out here to uh, thank you all for embracing the madness. And we want to continue to do that by going down below and clicking all those links there. Follow us on all the social media platforms. Continue to like and support us through YouTube and our podcast and get the word out so others around the world can embrace the madness with you. But again... Praise to you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Well, next we go to Roman Reigns' locker room again, where we see Roman and Paul Heyman talking about Sami Zayn. And Heyman said he hasn't liked Shmuley since day one, but maybe it's better to have him in the castle pissing out than out of the castle pissing in. What do you think, Rob? I disagree that he says he didn't like Shmuley. I think he's lying to Roman on that one. But... He is uh, the special counsel to the tribal chief, and he's giving him very sound advice on this one, but it's really just getting more wheels turning in Roman's head that, hey, you know, the reason I think he said this is because he does like Sami Zayn, and he doesn't want to do something rash that's going to make Sami either A, leave, or just do something rash that's just going to be him beating up Sami. So I think special counsel there, Paul Heyman, is trying to protect Sami at all costs, but also at the same time, just trying to keep him around a little bit longer, especially with the Kevin Owens match coming up. Well, next up is our next match in the SmackDown Contenders Tournament. The Brawling Brutes, Butch and Ridge Holland versus Imperium's Ludwig Kaiser and Giovanni Vinci. Another match for the tournament. This was a decent match. I, I give it a thumbs up for sure. It was fast-paced, hard-hitting. Both teams showed they can easily advance in this tournament, but Imperium wins after hitting the powerbomb forearm combo. The Imperial Bomb, Rob, what do you think about this? This is a match specially made for a guy like me. I love British-style wrestling, and that's pretty much what we got here. The crowd was kind of eh on this one, so I'll leave them be on that front. This is the only other team that I think can win this tournament is Imperium. I think it's a going to be a Imperium, I'm going to hate saying this, Banger Brothers <laughs> collision course that we're going to have in the final. And Imperium is one team that I could see moving on to face the Usos if we get that far. Match-wise, it was solid. Like I love all four of these guys on the ring. I think Rich Holland has been an underrated person all year. I think he's, he's going to get a lot of flack because of what happened to um, Big E, but I think he's done such a good job of improving this whole year. So a lot of credit to him. On that front, yeah, there's not much to say about this. This was just a thumbs-up match. This was just solid British-style wrestling, good tag team wrestling. And, you know, to me, the right team won. Imperium, to me, is the only other team of this tournament that has a legitimate shot of actually dethroning the Usos. Well, next we see Paul Heyman telling Sami Zayn that the Tribal Chief would like to see him. And then we get a backstage promo from Shayna Baszler saying she's not going to eliminate people in the Royal Rumble match. She's going to tear them apart limb from limb. 
Then we get some commentary from Nicole Wade Barrett reminding us about how Shayna Baszler is a force to be reckoned with and has a admirable record in the Royal Rumble. Rob, what do you think about this? This is my dark horse. This is who I, I'm a big Shayna Baszler fan. I loved her NXT run as just such a badass UFC, no guff, beat the hell out of everyone. And I hope, I hope they really lean into that and let her be her because that is one person that you're telling, I think Shayna and Charlotte, I think that's a fantastic match. I, I think that is a solid WrestleMania match that the crowd would get behind, that the crowd would love. And you add into there to the Ronda story, Ronda could be there as uh, on the outside of the ring for Shayna, kind of reversing the roles on that front. So there's so much elements there, but I think, I think now, and uh, we'll just say at the rumble, I think at the rumble, cause she's going to get a pop. I think that's the moment you need to start that Shayna push. Whether she wins or not is different but i think that's a moment where you really do that shift from what she's been the last few years to what she was back in nxt well next we get another promo backstage with carrie and cross and scarlet and he talks about his match against Rey mysterio next week and he's going to be in the royal rumble match we continue with these simple promos i want to say it's because they just got a lot going on preparing for this royal rumble pay-per-view or premium live event and they're, they're trying to they got a lot to tell they have a lot to tell. They have a lot of like smaller rivalries happening as well. Because I mean, I think we we, we get the cross Ray match this coming week, right before the Rumble. So I'm excited about that. But I think also it's just it's a way of just introducing guys who are going to be in the Rumble, who you can expect that's going to come out, and it's a quick way of doing it without having to take up more TV time of someone having their entrance, coming to the ring, announcing it out that way. It's just a quick, nice 30 second promo. And again, I've said this. We've been saying this for like the last month now. Scarlet and him is a great presentation. Scarlet can talk with the best of them, but letting Karrion Cross talk so much more has been such a huge elevation to his character, and it's brought so much more to him. That dude on the mic, oh man, like I, I, am, I am impressed because we didn't get a lot of that, and so now that we get that more of him speaking, more of him, Scarlet just kind of being a being there not really taking full control of the situation anymore is him just kind of a monster whatever he's actually a not only is he like a monster heel but he's actually very intelligent and he's very thought-provoking with what he says so it's just adds another dimension to how scary he can be well since the contract signing between the tribal chief and kevin owens is going to end the show this is our main event of the night legato del fantasma joaquin wilde and cruz del toro versus the maximum male models masse and mansois this is a our last first round match for the tag contenders tournament. Zelina Vega was on commentary and she announced she's going to be in the Royal Rumble. This match gets a thumbs up for me. It was a quick match with Legato Del Fantasma getting the win after hitting the running kick Russian leg sweep combo for the pin. What do you think about this match, Rob? Believe it or not, this is like one of my favorite segments of the whole show. I complain a lot about like really over the top gimmickry wrestling. The Maximum Male Models were given such a terrible gimmick, but they play it so well. You cannot not like them when they tag in they just do the single finger touch their facials when they're out on the ring like everything about them is so over the top and quirky and i love it so much they do such a good job i do too i I think i think it's (laughs) fantastic and if you or a person that wants to that follows all these guys on social media and stuff you see that they're always riding together this isn't this is more than just a gimmick to them like they're really living this up as much as they can and i mean uh, we don't expect them to be tag team champions anytime soon or maybe even ever i enjoy seeing them on my screen even if it is for just four or five minutes (laughs) and i don't think anyone has any aspirations of them ever becoming tag team champions but they're perfect for the scenario like to me they're a perfect live television crowd tag team 
they're the ones that are going to go out there, and you can let, let mid-card tag team baby faces that are needing to stack up some wins but have entertaining matches out there. They're perfect for that, and I love it. Like, it's just everything about them is so it's, – it's very warm, and it feels nostalgic, and to me, that's comfortable. And so credit to them because they make me feel comfortable. And also on top of that, Legato Del Fantasma, those guys, I want to see more of that because I think the ma- them – is it them and Imperium next week? Yes. I believe it is. Dude, that that could be if they get the time, that could be a barn burner of a match. I am excited for that one. So look out look out for that match next week. That is one look forward to. I think it's gonna be a spectacular match if they get the time to show what they can do. Well, next we go to a sit down with Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn with Paul Heyman in the background. And Roman admits he has some anger issues and that's why he has a wise man counsel him. We get a heart-to-heart between Sammy and Roman, and Sammy tells Roman he'll always put what's best for the bloodline first, and he'll do whatever the tribal chief wants him to do. And this is where Roman tells him the game plan. Go find the Usos, get the SUVs ready, make sure the jet is ready, because him and the wise man and Solo Sokoa are going to go sign the contract, and then they're all going to get out of here. Sammy says okay, and then he extends out a fist bump once again, this time... He fist bumps the honorary ooze, Rob. Sammy leaves, but then Heyman thanks Roman for doing what he just did. So Roman acting on the wise man's behalf here. What do you think about that? I think that actually shows how smart Roman is in this scenario. So a lot of times, it, like we've discussed with this situation, a lot of times when that uh, alpha male, alpha whoever is leading the group, if they let emotions get the best of them, when they have that special counsel there, tell them something that they should do and they actually listen to it. It really makes it come across as a more dangerous, but B, it again, it just it, it's that false insecurity. It's time for that contract signing between the tribal chief and Kevin Owens. So Roman Reigns makes his way to the ring on his 873rd day as our undisputed champion. Backed by Paul Heyman and Solo Sokoa, they get in the ring for the contract signing where the table is set up and Adam Pearce is waiting. But then Kevin Owens came out of nowhere, throws Solo out of the ring, and attacks Roman. The Usos come out, but Owens super kicks them both, throws them into the barricade. And then he gets back in the ring and gives Roman a pop-up powerbomb through the table. He grabs the contract from Heyman and he signs it. And by this time, Sami Zayn shows up at the last minute for KO to throw the contract at him and run away through the crowd. What do you think about this contract signing, Rob? Greatest contract signing of all time. We didn't have the -the over-the-top promos. We didn't have the silly someone sign it and then lift the table on the other person to do the attack. We had Kevin Owens come out and attack ahead of time after Roman already had signed it and then showed how badass he is by taking out the entire bloodline, excluding Sami Zayn. On top of it, you get Paul Heyman cowering in the corner after that pop-up powerbomb to Roman, just cowering like Kevin's going to hit him. You know, it was very... Oh, man. It (laughs) was so good. He's the best. He is so good at cowering in fear. It was very uh, very Bobby Heenan-esque on that front. So everything about that was great. And Kevin just grabs it. Like, look, he looks at Heyman, too, like, why would I hit you? Like, he, he even, like, like Kevin, a very historical uh, big fan of the business, he knows Paul Heyman, he knows not to hit Paul Heyman because Paul Heyman doesn't hit back. Paul, he, Paul Heyman is just there to be a special counsel. He does no harm to anyone. So that's what I like about that. Looks at him real weird, like, why are you cowering in fear? Just grabs that contract, signs it, sees Sammy, and then just throws it at Sammy. The one thing that's—I th- could be wrong. I could be wrong. 
through this whole storyline, unless it was between the bells of match to match, Kevin and Sammy, I don't think have ever touched each other in any one of these brawls between the bloodline and Kevin Owens. Nope. They don't show uh, the, the most frustration we've seen between the two was last week, right before their match. Each time it's always Kevin trying to reason with Sammy, you know, kind of saying like, it's almost like Kevin's going, look, bro, like you just don't want to, you don't get it. You're, you're on the inside looking out. Like you're not seeing what I'm seeing. And I mean, that's, it's, you're, you, you know, they're longtime friends. So it's almost like he knows Sammy's not going to listen to him, but he's not going to go out of his way to beat up Sammy unless Sammy kind of goes out of his way to get in the way. And yeah, Sammy no, has I, yet to I, do I that as well. I completely understand that. Yeah. Yeah. I completely understand that. I think that's the, I think that's what Roman is seeing too, because he's, I mean, Roman's smart. You know, the Usos and Solo Sokoa are kind of just there, just playing lackeys. But I think Roman notices that too, that he never attacks Kevin. In any of those moments, he has all the other guys attack Kevin for Sammy or for Roman. And so that what that's what makes him question Sammy's loyalties through all of this. Well, now, between well, the bells. Well, hang on, hang on. Because, well, right here at the end of the show, when Sammy does show up at the last second, and Sammy, he, you could see it in his in his expression, he was, wasn't happy. He was pissed. He was worried about his tribal chief. He's like, what, what's going on? And Kevin throws the contract and runs before Sammy. And, you know what I mean? So it's not even that they're avoiding each other. It's just, it just hasn't happened. I don't, you know what I mean? Yeah, but you know, I can already tell you next week. I can already tell you next week. The we're first in. thing we're going to hear from Roman's mouth is, oh, Jay, we're, Jay, we're thank you for it. being out there. Jimmy, thank you for being out there. Oh, we're doing a Monday on Raw 30. Well, yeah, we're oh, in for solo. it at the acknowledgement yeah. ceremony. Solo, thank you for having my back. But you know who wasn't out there? Where was Sammy? Why was I powerbombed through a table? Where were you, Sammy? He was doing what the tribal chief told him to do. I, I, I know that. I know what you're telling me. Had to me, get the jet ready. Had to Roman's get the SUV ready. I know. Dude, everything you're telling me, I agree with. But I'm just saying that's all Roman's going to say to him. It's like, you hey, said man, Sammy where Zane were on you? a coffee run. During yep. one of your most important segments, whose fault is that, Tribal Chief? It can't be. No, no, no. We don't blame Tribal Chief. We don't blame Tribal Sammy should have done it faster so he could be out there to help him. I'm with you. We can't blame the Tribal <laughs> Chief. The head of the table, does. he makes no mistakes <laughs> no, whatsoever. No, so, so, I mean, yeah, what oh, he say is, says is law. So, Do you feel that in your stomach, man? Monday. Monday could be it. I'm so scared. Well, my little cream cups... That's our program. Embrace the menace with a like, leaving a comment. Be sure to subscribe and hit the notification bell so you can enjoy wrestling with us. All of our links are in the description below. Until next time, I'm Patrick. And I'm Rob. And we thank you for listening to the Cream of the Crop Wrestling Podcast. Good night. Thank you for listening to Cream of the Crop Wrestling. You can embrace the madness by finding us on Facebook at facebook.com slash cream of the crop wrestling. Follow us on Twitter at cream of the crop w. Subscribe to our YouTube channel by typing Cream of the Crop Wrestling in the search bar. Have fun with us on TikTok at Cream of the Crop Wrestling. And you can always find full episodes of the podcast wherever podcasts are found. Nothing means nothing. Man. Nothing means nothing. What do you mean by that? Or I'm talking about all the way to the top. Yeah. Unjustifiably in a position that I'd rather not be in. But the cream will rise to the top. Oh, yeah. You know that I'm the cream of the crop. The cream of the crop. Nobody does it better. Oh, yeah.